Hey, welcome back to this bonus podcast. This is actually the second episode um, or sit down of these, these bonus podcasts that we're doing. My name is Jason Isaacs. I'm here with my wife, Andrea. Hello. And uh, we pastor Hope City Church. And Hope City Church right now is in a series called Break the Cycle, How to Stop Acting Like the Person You Don't Want to Be. And so as we were working on putting together this series, we knew that we had to spend some time talking about the Enneagram because... It is such a powerful tool to, um, to help us understand ourselves and understand the way that God made us. And so much of what we do comes out of who we are and how we're made. And so, Andrea, you are actually a certified Enneagram coach. That's exactly right. And uh, and so you kind of are the expert. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the DJ here, I guess. You're the expert. And last week, if you haven't listened to that one, you can go back and listen. We really just started by talking about the nine Enneagram types the nine Enneagram numbers, and uh, and walk through that. Hopefully you've had a chance to, if you didn't already know, kind of identify what your type is or what your number is. We said last week on the podcast, I am a five, and uh, and Andrea, you are a seven. That's right. And uh, we talked to several people this week who, who maybe have took the test. There's a link in the bio or the, the show description if you want to get the information, take the test, all that stuff. Just kind of recapping what has brought us to this point. And what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about feelings. Um, Let's talk about feelings. The F word, if you will. <laughs> um, for a lot of people, feel is, a, is another four-letter word they don't want to talk about. But we have to talk about it uh, because um, we said in our sermon this week that we do things we don't want to do because we feel ways we don't want to feel. Sure. And how, Andrea, does the Enneagram help us feel our feelings and understand the feelings that are, are going on inside of us? Yeah, absolutely. Last week, you know, like you said, we talked about using the Enneagram as a tool. And I think that this is the perfect spot for us to just dive in because the Enneagram can kind of speed up maybe certain areas of behavior or thoughts or feelings um, that maybe we feel so natural to us that we don't even realize it's a place for us to maybe do some uh, healthy growing or some healthy work. Um, And so, yeah, we're going to take a look. And um, today we're going to kind of frame it around triads. There are three different triads where or groupings of the Enneagram numbers. And so the first one that I want us to just kind of unpack is eight, nine, and one. So so let me stop you for a second. So last week we said there's nine numbers. Yes. And now you're saying that of those nine numbers, the nine numbers are broken up into three groups. Three sets of three. That's exactly triads, right. Triads, three sets of three. So the first group is eight, nine, and one. That's exactly right. Okay. So we're going to look at eight, nine, and one. And these types are related or grouped together because we they're, they're in what we call the gut center. And what that means is that these types, anyone who is an eight, a nine, or a one, when they process information, they are processing it through their physical bodies. Um, You have probably heard different um, explanations or scenarios where people say, you know, mind, body, soul. Um, We we understand that there's probably like a breakdown in our heart, our thoughts, our mind, things like that. That's kind of... Even Jesus said, love the Lord God with all your heart. 
soul, mind, that's, strength. That's exactly right. So yeah. we understand um, that that this can be um, a way that people um, process information, but it really becomes alive when you see that eight, nines, and ones, um, they just take in information very physically. So is this the same when you say gut? Is this the same as somebody who says, I just I just kind of knew it in my gut? Yeah, like I just had a gut instinct about something. Gut feeling. That, yeah, people but might not even realize. it's literally physical. It is very, very physical. That's exactly Exactly right. And um, these, a lot of times when I am doing work with an eight or a one or, you know, people who are in this triad, you'll even see them like tapping a pencil on the table or shaking their um, ankle. Like there, there is always kind of this kinetic movement in their physical body. And most of the time they don't even realize it, or they just kind of have all this momentum of kind of like doing, 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 like they're just moving. So for eight nines and ones who are listening, when you feel your feelings, most often you're, you feel them, I guess we would say this way, you feel them most significantly or dramatically or consistently physically. That's exactly right. And when you really start doing some digging um, with, with people who fall into these types, they will even say things like, I don't know, there's just a lot of tension in my shoulders, or I just carry a lot of stress in my lower back. Now, can that be true for lots of types and and all of us for sure but it is very distinct and very noticeable for numbers who are in that particular triad so you're not saying eight nines and ones never use their brain never use their heart absolutely you're just saying that they're dominant yes feeler yeah i guess i'm this is this is me making up some phrases here but their dominant feeler is is physical yeah they take that information in to their bodies very physically. So a stressful day at work, they feel it in their body. Oh, absolutely. And uh, they're processing and then they're making decisions. They they feel this very like call to action, call to physical movement. Tense, a tense conflict at work, marriage trouble, tense argument. Uh, you know, whatever it is, they're going to feel it physically. Oh yeah. But and I just think it's really important to hone in on they're also making decisions based on that physicality. Was this would this also put an emphasis on like physical exercise? Oh, for sure. So like for an eight, nine or one who's really kind of going through a stressful time, maybe physical exercise is a great outlet. That's right. Because it's going to just help them kind of work through all of that um, information that they're processing that they might honestly not even realize that they're processing. Okay. So eight, nine, one is gut. That's right. What's the next triad? The next triad is going to be two, three, and four. And all of these types are our literal feelers they are in the heart triad they're in the heart center and so they are in terms of enneagram world they are the most feely they they honestly believe that their feelings are facts mm-hmm. like it's it's hard for them to even distinguish that there would be um you know a, something else out, outside of their feelings because it is just so intense for them so describe to me the difference between gut and heart. So if someone who is a two, a three, or a four walks into a room, uh, you know, with a group of people, they are automatically kind of emotionally attuned to what's happening. They can probably read, oh, that couple sitting over there, they probably had a fight on the way to the party. Uh, oh, that person over there, they're like, they're just a little off. Like what some, their vibe, like it's all very emotive and they are 
feeling other people's feelings as as well as feeling and reading and processing their own feelings. And so we would say, you know, when they are taking in information, it is all coming through that filter that that, you know, lens of emotions, emotions, emotions. Okay, so I want to I want to I want you to clarify something for us because it's typical or or maybe sometimes people say that someone is a feeler. Sure. And then they say that other people are not feelers. Right. I'm just not I'm just not an emotional person or I am an emotional person or I'm a big feeler or I'm not a big feeler. And and we all feel and we all are all emotional humans, people. All human beings have emotions. But it really the way that it breaks down for me is how am I taking in information, processing that information, and then making decisions based on that information. So would it be fair to say two, threes, and fours kind of have more emotional swings? Is it more up and down? Or is or are all numbers up and down? It's just that two, threes, and fours, uh, it, it displays itself more emotionally. Yeah, I would say the second the second explanation. All of us have ranges of up and down, health, unhealth, um, things like that. But for the types, two, threes, and fours, um, there, there, it is, it is much more difficult, much more challenging for them to separate their decision-making aside from their feelings. They are so intertwined. It can be hard to even differentiate. It makes me think of the movie Inside Out. Yes. Sorry, maybe Inside Out. Yes. Like there's like all of these emotions going on. In case you haven't seen, it's a great Pixar movie. I feel like every uh, college psychology class <laughs> should show that movie. Every it should be. Girl. Oh man, should show that. Um, it is the characters in the movie are are emotions: joy, sadness, disgust, anger fear and uh they they really bring to light uh you know these these emotions but yeah i mean every single human being um feels right right? we know this but in terms of how dominant those feelings are in our decision making in terms of how we experience the world and the filters through which we experience the world your heart triad okay twos threes and fours they are just much more um like, you know, I, this is, this is not like hard science or anything, but if, if I had to break it down, they're like 75% feelings and then, you know, mind and, and gut are making up the other 25%. Sure. If it, you want to think of it like that. It is most natural for them to Feel. experience feelings. And other people's feelings. And other people's. What do you mean by that? So uh, again, if I walk into a room and I'm at a party and I am a two, a three, or a four, not only am I very in tune with my own feelings and emotions and the swings of that, but I'm also, I cannot help but to absorb and take in other people's emotions as well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times like the feelers can, um, their, their moods can be even dictated by other people's emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's how I would, that's how I would say it. Okay. So eight, nine, one is gut two, three, four heart heart. And then five, six, seven, our five, six and seven triad is going to be the thinking triad or the mind, the, the, head. the head. Yeah. So we've got gut, we've got heart and we've got head. And so any types five, six and seven, they are again, taking in information, processing that information and then making decisions with their 
head with their thinking. These are your analyzers, your logic um, people. They're just, they are, and their minds are just rapid fire. Just um, they're, they're constantly working through various scenarios. They're constantly planning, kind of um, making, making critical shifts and changes in their mind. If I do this, then this will happen. And if, well, okay. And then I can navigate, like, it's just always, always, always tick, 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 ticking away. So again, making the point, we're all emotional. We all feel, but we feel it differently. So I can speak to the five in the sense that like, I feel, but more than internally feeling it emotionally or physically feeling it, I'm processing it in my mind. I'm still having the emotions, but they're more thoughts and uh, trying to break it down and understand it more than it is than it is you know, possibly feeling it. And the this was a huge breakthrough for me personally try, when I was trying to identify my number. Because when we first started, you, you jumped on the Enneagram sooner than me, obviously. Um, but you felt like pretty quickly after reading about it, you said, oh, I think you're a four. Yeah. And I read and listened. I thought, yeah, I think I am a four. For about three months, I was you know thinking like, yeah, I'm a four. And then to give credit to, to Ian Cron, kind of the uh, modern godfather, if you will, of uh, the Enneagram, <laughs> I was listening to a, a podcast one day where he talked about, uh, he was talking to someone who um, believed that they were a four with a five wing. And we'll t- we can talk about wings in another episode. But uh, And the guy said, I wasn't sure if I was a four with a five or a five with a four. I was, I was sure I was a four, but then maybe I was a five. And Ian Cron asked this question, and this was like the light bulb moment for me. And maybe this will help somebody who's listening too. As he said, if your dog died, which we don't have a dog, we're not dog people, but <laughs> let's just imagine we were. If your dog died, how would you feel? He asked the guy who thought he was a four, but wasn't sure if he was a four or five the question. He said, if your dog died, how would you feel? And the guy said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something on the lines of like something along the lines of like, I would be so kind of just confused at, you know, the tragedy. And and Ian Cron stopped him and said, you're a five. Yes. Because if you were a four and your dog died, you would be the most, you would be so overcome Distraught, with sadness. Devastated. And, right. Crying crushed. or whatever. But, but a five is going to process loss through their mind. And when he said that, it immediately think about made me think about my mom, my mom who passed away from, from cancer wow. uh, eight, eight, nine years ago, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and when that whole process was going, 22 months cancer treatment, hospital surgeries, I did feel it internally, but more than anything else, I was constantly analyzing it. Sure. Constantly analyzing Why it. Why is this happening? What's going to be the outcome? God's How? sovereignty. Yes. Death. It, it what challenged after your theology. Yeah. What, you know, why do these things happen in the wow. world? And so that was really when a shift for me where it's like, no, 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 I'm not a four because very rarely do I... Do I, am I feeling it in my heart, but I'm always analyzing it and you're a seven, I'm a five, we're married. And so this has really helped our marriage. Even talking about feeling feelings is just (laughs) the idea that like, you know, the dominant emotion I feel when we fight or have a conflict is confusion. Oh, wow. It's just like, I'm trying to understand why you said, why are we fighting right now? Why do you feel the way that you feel? Yeah. How can we resolve this? It's all in my head, all in my head. And so that has been a major breakthrough for me. Talking about feelings, because for a long time in my life, I always felt like, well, I just don't cry as much as everybody else. I'm not a feeler. I wish I had more, you know, 
this kind of feeling like somehow I was broken. Wow. Or feeling like I was not as much a human. I just think that's really significant. As and other people I, and were. And I bet that resonates with other people too. Because it can feel like a slight, you know, like, am I less human? Right. Like you said, am I robotic? But it, it, it was a breakthrough for me to realize that, like, I am a very emotional person in my head. Wow. <laughs> And then we have great friends who are fours and threes and twos, and they're a very emotional person in their heart. Sure. And then we have great friends who are eight, nines, and ones, and they're a very emotional person in physically. Their, in their bodies, you know? yeah. And so if you're listening to this and you've been, you know, maybe maybe you're one of those people, especially the men, but all of, all both genders, but especially men, we think like, I'm just not an emotional person. Sure. It's not true. You know, David said in Psalm 139, oh God, you've made me wonderfully complex. I love that. You are complex, but your complexity is not a problem. It's wonderful. You are wonderfully complex. It's just a matter of how you feel it. Do you feel it in your head? Do you feel it in your heart? Or do you feel it in your gut? That's amazing. Yeah, so we've got these three triads, which just can help us, again, better understand how we are moving and operating in the world. But something else that I wanted to kind of bring up while we're discussing these particular triads alongside the conversation of feelings is if you are trying to unpack um, the feelings that you're wrestling with and maybe you still don't even know how to articulate or where you should be kind of putting your focus to see the most health, to see the most kind of growth in internally in your in yourself. Um, I think that knowing these triads can kind of get us there. Again, we said last week that the Enneagram is a tool that can just help us kind of speed up the process of being healthy because it helps us to hone in on our particular areas, our particular, not necessarily downfalls, but just the areas that are going to be more likely to trip us up personally. Here's here's what is so relevant. If you know that you are an eight, nine, or a one, and you are in that gut triad, there is actually um, also a dominant emotion, a dominant negative emotion uh, for people who are in each of the particular triads. So for eight, nines, and ones, the emotion that you are probably going to need to address and and wrestle with first is anger or rage. And so even as I say that, um, I would love for you to kind of think about, kind of do some self-reflection. How, what role does anger um, or even rage kind of play in your life? Is it something that you just have massive kind of explosive outbursts of anger? Is anger something that you are suppressing, 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 maybe like a nine, and then it comes out sideways, you know, um, to your friends and, and, and loved ones, like people that you're really close to, um, because you've been working so hard to keep keep the peace and keep the status quo. Uh, but if you are an eight, nine, or a one, I would challenge you to just kind of start with what does anger look like for me in my life? And then if you are a two, three, or a four, your emotion that is going to most likely kind of be, um, you know, prickly for you is shame. And I just think that that is really, really powerful. Just even knowing that if you are a two, three, or four, I would ask you what role has shame kind of played in in your life? Um, what does that look like? How how have you uh, processed that? What what maybe um, lies, honestly, have you been rehearsing in your mind over and over and over um, that are related to shame that you could really kind of combat with some, um, you know, some truth in your life? And then for five, six, and seven, 
our negative emotion, and I say our because Jason and I both fall yep. into that triad, is fear or anxiety. And just really looking at how, what does the, the the role of fear or anxiety play and, and how is that um, kind of expedited even more with the fact that we're in our heads a lot. What it made me think of when you said it is like the anxiety for five, six, seven comes from potentially overanalyzing. Absolutely. Two, three, and four, shame probably comes from this feeling like you need to perform oh, or yeah. you need to win people over or you need to prove something to someone. Yep. Uh, where does the, what'd you say eight, nine, and one was? Anger. Where does the anger come from eight, nine, and one? It comes from that tension where they are very frustrated all the time. Like there is just this, they're either angry with themselves for not being perfect enough, or they're angry at other people for doing doing things that are wrong or, you know, kind of serving an injustice or um, really kind of, uh, really creating destructive like uh, disturbances. Mm-hmm. And so that anger really, there's just this angst, this tension that's always happening. So if you are an eight, nine, or one dealing with anger, two, three, or four dealing with shame, five six or seven dealing with anxiety one of the great one of the reasons we love the Enneagram so much and one of the the ways it helps so much is because it normalizes that emotion to the extent that you don't have to freak out that's right about the fact that you feel that or that you don't have to feel abnormal or broken or uh, you know why am I always so angry why do I always feel so ashamed why am I always so anxious fearful, or fearful? Yeah. You're able to step back and go, okay, this is a normal emotion that I feel because what makes you great also makes you weak. Your superpower is also your super weakness or vulnerability. So my ability, speak, I can only speak for me, my ability to be in my head allows me to understand things and create things. And But if I spend too much time there, hmm. I'm going to overanalyze, become anxious. Two, threes, and fours, their ability to connect with people, relate with people, accomplish great things. Their depth of love. That's right. Is what makes them amazing. Sure. But it's also, if they spend too much time there and on health, it can make them feel ashamed because they weren't able to or didn't do it or aren't good enough or whatever. Eight, nines, and ones, what makes you so amazing, eight, nines, and ones, is the drive inside of you to be amazing. Yes. But if you spend too much time there... Yeah. You can feel this emotion of of anger. Why am I not doing enough? And so feeling those emotions is really kind of a trigger. It's like when I start feeling that, it's like, okay, why am I feeling that? For me, again, for me, I'm spending too much time in my head. Why am I so anxious about this? Why am I... I'm spending too much time thinking about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And my last kind of wrap up thought or tip or tool is what one of the ways that you use the Enneagram to move forward is when you know your your home base, you kind of know your starting point. So I'm a seven. I know that I'm in the the head triad. I know that I'm probably needing to be on the lookout for fear and anxiety, things like that. The next level of work, and this is kind of again just a closing thought for me, is how do I go from there and move to experiencing a range of emotions? Right. And I just think that's beautiful. I, the the messaging with this particular, you know, sermon or this particular podcast, it is not you need to get in control of your emotions or you need to get in control of your feelings. It's let's ask ourselves some real questions about why those feelings are um, happening and and then um, un- unpack that a little bit. But but I think there's just a lot of beauty and especially this is 
specific work for me for 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 sevens um but other other types as well the range of emotions yeah and that goes back to something we hear from people a lot of times about the enneagram when we because we bring it up too much probably at parties and stuff (laughs) sure hanging out but sometimes you can feel pigeonholed oh sure i'm a five this is what i am i'm all in my head like it's okay for me to watch a movie and feel sadness in my heart and cry sure that's okay it's i don't have to push back from well this is who i am you know it makes me think of the myers-briggs um that years ago it was like everybody started recognizing if they were introverted or extroverted and sometimes it became an excuse to be more of that right and so what i hear you saying is like you can be a number you can be a type and yes that's your dominant type but that doesn't mean that you can't be heart that's right. You can't be head. The Enneagram actually expects us to be fluid and kind of moving in between and borrowing from uh, the different qualities of each of, of, of each type. So I just, I love that. I think it's encouraging and uh, we should, we should all feel a little bit more. <laughs> we, we said in the sermon, it's a great way to end. You don't necessarily have to fix your feelings, but you do have to face them. Absolutely. You do have to feel them and just be honest about your wonderful complexity. So we hope this has helped. We'll be back next week with another episode to continue this conversation about how the Enneagram helps us break the cycle and stop acting like the person that you don't want to be.